0: Please remember that the Lucy Pod is not a replacement for professional medical advice. If you have questions or concerns about your own amazing brain, please speak to a medical professional. I wish to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which I speak to you all today. The peoples of the Kulin Nation. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. The content discussed in this episode of The Lucy Pod may be distressing for some individuals as it touches upon highly sensitive and potentially disturbing subjects. This episode will include discussions of murder, child death, child killers, self-harm and mental illness. I recognise that these topics can evoke strong emotional reactions, so I encourage you to prioritise your well-being while listening. If any of these subjects are upsetting to you, please consider skipping this particular episode. If you do need emotional support or somebody to talk to, please don't hesitate to take advantage of the resources that will be provided in the description slash show notes. Please look after yourself and let's go into the episode. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Lucy pod. I hope that you are all well and are staying safe. As you could probably tell by the disclaimer, today's episode is going to be a very heavy one and a very sad one because it involves a very heartbreaking crime wherein a child, a sibling, was murdered by their sibling who is also a child. Like I said in my disclaimer... This episode is upsetting. So if talking about or the mention of children, hurting other children and just children being hurt um, is something that, you know, will affect you going forward or anything like that, I'd suggest listening to another episode of mine that, you know, are usually much lighter. But I do want to make it clear that the discussion of the actual crime will will not be very detailed or Gratuitous or gre- gruesome. It will be brief. I'd like to keep it brief because there's no need to go on about it and get into the gory details, as I think that's inappropriate and not the main point of today's discussion. Now, you may be thinking, why in God's name is Lucy talking about a crime on an ADHD podcast? Well, it is because it involves ADHD medication, which is something that I talk about a lot. I want to make it clear that this case is ongoing. There has not been a final report or answers or rulings. It also occurred in the US, so it's a different context to us. And there is also information that has not been released particularly pertaining to the ADHD medication. So this is all something and things that we should keep in mind. And depending on how this case goes and the progress, particularly developments in the ADHD medication, I may discuss it some more, but this is an initial episode. So before we talk about the main point of this episode, which is... ADHD medication. I do need to explain the case and the crime that took place, but don't worry. Like I said, I'm going to keep it pretty simple and pretty superficial, so as to not be disrespectful and gratuitous. This isn't a true crime podcast, and I don't get any pleasure out of reporting or discussing anything like this. So this case or this this crime took place actually in January, but it's only really been released in the media now, so on the 5th of January, a 12-year-old girl stabbed her nine-year-old brother to death whilst at home with her mother, with their mother. The 12-year-old girl came downstairs from the room where it occurred and she told her mother that she had stabbed her nine-year-old brother and her mother proceeded to call the police. They arrived at the scene, the police, and the 12-year-old girl was arrested on the spot. Um, she was very distressed and kept kept explaining that she did not know what happened and why she did it and that she was sorry. And she just kept repeating that she was sorry and that she was confused and that she did not know what happened or why it happened. The child, the 12-year-old, is now in some form of custody, whether that's a juvenile or a mental health custody situation. I don't know, but the child isn't at home or free in public. They're in some sort of custody situation. Now, this is the part where the medication conversation comes in or starts. So the mother of the 12-year-old and the nine-year-old who was tragically murdered did an interview and she actually gave a bit more insight into what she thinks or what she thought Could have led to this tragic event. I also want to make it clear that we don't have much information on this child. All we know is that this child is ADHD and was taking ADHD medication and what I'm saying is based on what the mother has said in her interview. So the mother said the following from what we found it looks like it was a medication issue not anything else. It was just a manic episode of some kind. She was fine. She wasn't unstable till she was put back on the medication. She had cut her arms within a month of being back on it. So I immediately took her off after speaking to the school and her doctor and herself. We had a long conversation. She said that she felt like she was really irritable, irritated and angry for no reason once on the medication. So of course I took her off it. Unfortunately, it was too late. The damage was done. Stuff like this can happen months or even years after being off the medication like this. So, end quote. The mother, obviously, she doesn't specify what medication her daughter was on and she also doesn't specify how severe her ADHD was or if she has any comorbidity, comorbidities. But her mother believes that the medication, the ADHD medication, that she went on and then came off had a long-lasting effect which led to her killing her brother in what her mother believes was a manic episode and nothing else. It was really tragic to read the comments on the video of the mother's interview because a lot of them, instead of just, you know, seeing what happened and taking the tragedy for what it was and just taking a moment to feel sorry for this poor woman who has lost uh, a child and is now dealing with another child that she may lose because of what she did, Um, you know, instead of thinking this poor woman and this poor child, the poor two children, they instead were making it a really inappropriate and apathetic medication conversation and criticising this woman as a mother for medicating her child and somehow making out as if it was her fault and saying that, you know, no parent should trust ADHD medication and that they should know better and that they should never trust it and that, of course, it's, you know, her fault. What was she expecting? And I just want to make it clear that that's a really inappropriate and really disgusting statement to make because, I'm going to go out, not even on a whim, I'm going to say that most parents, a lot of parents who have an ADHD child or just a neurodivergent child, a disabled child, are doing their best and no parent would willingly put their child on a medication that they thought could be dangerous to themselves or to others and that could lead to something as tragic as them committing murder against a sibling or a family member uh, you know so i'm just i'm anyone who's sort of in the frame of it's the mother's fault and is going to bl- victim blame uh, i'm not your audience i'm not the target audience and you are not mine um I'm, I'm not going to tolerate any, anything like that because it's just inappropriate. Um, it really detracts from what has happened and making blanket statements like that when you have no idea and we don't even have the full details of the case is just really heartless. And they say that they're coming from a place of, oh, I'm worried about the kid. No, you are just wanting to criticise ADHD medication and you're doing it in a way... With a child's murder, which is just gross. It's just gross. So I'm I'm not gonna have any of that, and I'm not gonna espouse any of those views and give them any more airtime. So we're gonna move on. Let's talk about medication. So now that we have a bit of information um, on her on this child's medication situation, and after my warning to people about. the the parent, I do want to discuss ADHD medication. And I'm not going, this episode is not going to be a, oh, let's debate if ADHD medication causes this and play a guessing game or respond to an essay prompt, you know, about ADHD medication and murder. We're going to talk about ADHD medication in a constructive way. Obviously, again, we don't know what medication she was on. We have to sort of talk about ADHD medication in a general sense, there's so many different types. So when I talk about ADHD medication, uh, it's not relating to a specific one because we don't know what medication she was on. So, ADHD medication, also known as stimulants, do the following. So, they actually don't work by increasing your stimulation, and you'll know this if you listened to a previous episode of mine. So. ADHD medication works by increasing levels of certain chemicals, neurotransmitters, in your brain called dopamine and neuropine. Prene. If you listened to my previous episode, you'll know that I butchered the pronunciation of this and I'm still butchering it, so I'm very sorry. Uh, so these neurotransmitters play important roles in your ability to pay attention, think, and stay motivated. Studies have shown that approximately 80% of children with ADHD have fewer symptoms after finding correct stimulant medication and dosage. There are also two forms of stimulants. There are immediate release, which are short-acting, and you can take these as needed. They last up to four hours. They can last up to four hours. Uh, when people are coming down or off them, they can experience what's often referred to as the crash or the rebound effect. And it typically involves a sharp decrease in energy level and it causes hunger. And some people can experience an intense drop in mood, uh, but this is all a it can, it's not definite. Then there's extended release medication, which is intermediate acting or long acting. So you typically take these stimulants once in the morning each day. Some last from six to eight hours, while others last for up to 16 hours. Longer acting medications may result in fewer ups and downs during the day and may reduce the need for extra doses at school or during work. Stimulants are considered controlled substances, which means that they have the potential to be improperly used um, or cause substance abuse disorders. So that's why they are done in a way that you cannot access them off the counter you need to go through you need to actually have a license to even prescribe the medication Um, and there's a lot of drugs that fall under this i think oxycodone and like morphine falls under this so you can't just prescribe it willy-nilly just like doctors can't just give you valium so it is a controlled um substance now let's talk about side effects so obviously every single medication as benign as panadol Comes with side effects and every medication that has you know been legally produced and provided and that you see in the pharmacy will list out all the side effects and when you're given stimulants your care provider will discuss the side effects with you it is also important to know that not every single side effect from a medication impacts people everyone responds to medication differently some people take medications and never experience a single side effect, whereas some are more susceptible to experience them. But the most important thing to know about ADHD medication is that a child, an adult, a, teen- a, a child, a teenager, or an adult, does not have to stay on the medication if they experience side effects they can be taken off them immediately and can change the medication or change the dosage if it is not working and you do this with the care provider no child needs to be subjected um, to being on a medication that doesn't work and that's true for most medications obviously it depends if they're a life you know saving one but most of the time, doctors good doctors will say to you if you don't like this we will talk about it and we will get you off it you are not um, you are not forced so the common side effects of stimulants can be very important can be sleep problems decreased appetite weight loss increased blood pressure dizziness headaches and stomach aches rebound or irritability when the medication wears off Moodiness and irritability, and nervousness. And then the most, the least common side effects are tics and reduced enthusiasm. And just like I said before, ADHD medication affects people in different ways. And by that, I do not mean only like your physiology and, you know, how strong you are and your mass or anything like that, but also it depends on if you have any diagnosed or undiagnosed comorbid conditions. Some people respond poorly or well to ADHD medication because they may also have ADHD and depression, anxiety, autism or another mental illness. So ADHD medication may work or not work depending on that as well. Now, obviously, I am not a doctor and nothing in relation to this case, has been released yet, like any definite thing that hasn't been ruling. But based on the behaviours that the mother of the 12-year-old was explaining, it sounds like this child was not just suffering from the medication side effects and it sounds like this child had other deep-rooted issues that would lead them to self-harm and to have anxiety and such terrible thoughts. Uh, I'm not trying to say that ADHD and ADHD medication doesn't cause this, but it is very rare and it sounds like this child, as horrible as what she has done is, that wasn't proper English, as horrible as you may think the child is and as heinous is her act because what she did is heinous, it really sounds like this child was not well and I'm not making excuses, I'm giving an explanation and I'm not, you know, trying to say we should feel sorry or whatever, but we're talking about a child and I genuinely think that this child had other untreated issues um, for them to be self-harming and to be displaying these behaviours. I'm not a doctor, I'm not going to say what I think it is because I don't know, but it sounds like this child had something else going on um, and it's just really sad that it really kind of had to lead to this for the conversation to even happen um, for this child. It sounds like this child had been suffering silently and their sort of outburst was tragic and cataclysmic. Um, But I I really do think this child has has other problems. So speaking of violence and outbursts, we're going to talk about violence and manic episodes and rage when it comes to ADHD medications. So obviously there are and there will continue to be studies that discuss this topic and there won't necessarily be one that is the be-all and end-all that provides you with the ultimate correct answer with no variables and it will be 100%, you know, surefire. But most studies show a general consensus and the ones that I'm going to discuss um, will, be men- will be listed in the description. So, number one, not everyone who is ADHD is violent. Number two, not everyone who is violent is ADHD. Number three, not everyone who is on ADHD medication is violent. Number four, not everyone who is violent is on ADHD medication. Number five, violence, in this case homicide, when the perpetrator is on ADHD medication, it is usually an individual who has been abusing the medication. And number six, most of the time we see severe psychiatric effects such as violence and manic rage when an individual has been abusing ADHD stimulants. Now, let's talk about stimulants or ADHD medication and the risk for substance abuse. A study found that there is no indication of increased risks of substance abuse among individuals prescribed stimulant ADHD medication, these individuals being people who have ADHD. If anything, the data suggested a long-term protective effect on substance abuse. Although stimulant ADHD medication does not seem to decrease the risk for substance abuse, clinicians should remain alert to the potential problem of stimulant misuse and diversion in ADHD patients. Furthermore, the Lancet psychiatry found that a... So they found through a controlled longitudinal study that methylphenidate, sold under brand names Ritalin, Concerta and others, which are stimulants, which are treatment for adolescents and children, over two years did not lead to adverse growth and development psychiatric or neurological outcomes. Long-term use of methylphenidate, the most commonly prescribed medication for treating ADHD, does not increase the risk of adverse developmental and psychiatric outcomes in children and adolescents. The findings have led experts to argue for the drug's inclusion on a global essential medicines list, but that is for another topic. Now, this episode, like I said, isn't going to come to some grand answer about, you know, what happened, and I'm not an investigator, so we're not going to play a whodunit of was it the meds or was it the kid? We're not... We're just not going to do that because we're not the police, we're not the detectives, we're not the psychiatrists. We are, well, I am a podcaster merely talking about medication. But the main thing I want to really sort of hope that was discussed in this episode is that we need to stop blaming parents or people for taking medication or even blaming we need to stop shaming people who take medication and criticizing them. Like I said in my previous episode parents don't just randomly put their kids on ADHD medication. Parents have to pay for a diagnosis then the parent has to pay for an additional appointment wherein the psychiatrist or the specialist will examine if there is a therapeutic need for the child to be medicated then the psychiatrist or the specialist in order to even prescribe it once they've deemed it appropriate with the child and the parent, do they then need to go through a number of steps to obtain this script? They need to ring the Drugs and Poisons Bureau, they need to read their permit number, they need to give detailed information as to why they are requesting the medication and only then will they be given a script and even when the parents are given the script and the child or the adult or the adolescent is on the medication, their care provider has to closely monitor how they are doing. This can be done in the form of EKGs, uh, blood tests, to make sure that things are going well. So that's the first thing. We have to stop acting as if people are going on it willy-nilly. That's just not true. The second thing. We have to stop treating ADHD medication as some demonic force that is hurting our children. Several studies, if not, I want to say most studies, have found that ADHD medication is effective and the side effects that can come with it are usually not serious nor permanent. And now we have recently found, as you can see in that study, that there isn't necessarily long term effects. In fact, the study said that. There should not be a concern for long-term side effects. The next thing is that ADHD and aggression, particularly with stimulants medication, is rare unless the person is abusing the medication. And usually when one is abusing medication, there is another issue, that being substance abuse. That means addiction. And addiction can come with a whole array of things. Addiction can be due to genetics, depression, anxiety, trauma, other mental illnesses which can have side effects of aggression they all play a part so to just blame ADHD medication is wrong we have to look at everything and I'm sure in this case they are looking at everything but people who are jumping on the bandwagon and being like it was the medication we have no idea if this child was going through anything else Just because the child seemed fine and then once they went on the meds and got off them, they were bad, does not mean that there were not other things at play. This child could have had something traumatic happen to them. This child could have been misusing the medication and this child could have another condition which has led to their aggression. But to put down a blanket statement based on a headline, and based on, you know, a statement of a grieving mother who's trying to find an answer, and I'm not even blaming her on this, to just go, oh, yep, ADHD medication was mentioned and violence, boom, putting down the blanket statement that ADHD medication causes violence is unproductive. And it's untrue. It is simply untrue. I'm going to list many more studies to back me up in the description, if you don't believe me. But This needless need, this this incessant need to find something wrong with ADHD medication is so unproductive and it's always coming from people who do not have a stake in it. It is coming from people who are not ADHD, who are not medicated, who do not know people who are medicated, and it's coming from people who don't know what medication is. And I talked about this a lot in my previous episode. Before making blanket statements, and before forming an opinion, it is so important to know what you are talking about. Before I make episodes, I always do my research. I don't just come on here and go, da 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 You know, you, you can't just come from a place of, well, I feel this way or I read about it on the Sun or the Daily Mail. That's just not how it works. What people say and the stigma that is attached to ADHD medication has real-life consequences. So it's really important that we talk about medication in a way that is informed and productive. So I really hope that this episode either changed your mind or opened your mind and has facilitated this. If you have thoughts or questions on medication and want to share them or even on this case, I would love to hear it as long as it is civil and respectful and informed but I really do want to talk about this more in a broader sense um it's sad that this conversation has sort of spurred from such a tragic event but it's important that we talk about these things and I hope that my uh, episode and just even my podcast in general is a step or a form of progress towards that so thank you so much for listening to this episode uh, please take care of yourself after hearing this episode. Even though I didn't really go into detail on the case, it's still very upsetting and I know when I was reading about it and, you know, even writing the episode and, and doing the episode, it, it's um, it's very distressing. Obviously not more distressing for the people involved, but it's distressing. So if you are upset about this episode or something in this episode spoke to you, particularly coming to thoughts of self-harm or depression, or anxiety, I will be putting resources in the description if you are feeling that way. So again, take care of yourself, stay safe, and I will see you in the next episode. Bye!